Coverage Book 2 has been four years in the making and it's and all of the reason for that is because we just kept revising and going, make it simpler, make it, and it's not even just the, the use of it, but really just, as you said, the, the fact that you can hand a report to somebody, so a CEO, or to somebody who's in digital marketing or to, to your direct PR client and they get it. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. My name is Lisa Beyer, and I will be your host. Today's guest, I am so excited to introduce. Her name is Stella Bales, and she is the director of Coverage Book, as well as the host of the podcast, PR Resolution, and also she is the director of Answer the Public. Today, we're talking about all things public relations and reporting, and today is a special day. It is the launch of Coverage Book 2. And if you haven't heard of Coverage Book 2, I highly recommend you check it out at coveragebook.com. Stella and I talk about the rise of SEO, public relations, digital PR, and where we are today, and the advances thanks to Coverage Book in public relations reporting. And if you are familiar with PR, which hopefully you are from listening to my podcast, you probably know how difficult and murky and the gray area it could be when it comes to public relations reporting. Everyone has a different way of looking at reporting. It's a lot of times very manual, very annoying, very time consuming and aggravating because a lot of times you spend a lot of time on creating these reports and depending on who's looking at it, people just don't spend the time to look at it because there's a lot to go through. So in this episode, we talk about coverage book, but I just had fun creating a coverage book for my friend, Kathy Hackle. If you haven't heard of Kathy, she is known as the godmother of the metaverse, and she has just been killing it. Looking at Kathy Hackle's coverage over the past two months, in a matter of five minutes, I was able to put together a beautiful coverage book for Kathy that showcases 61 pieces of coverage. I'm able to, in a summary, show that she has received 4.18 million estimated views of her media coverage, which included Time Magazine, CNN, just to name a few, and even look at the number of engagements, 3.71,000 engagements. The publications all had an average domain authority of 80. So that's just some examples. I'm going to put this in the show notes, but without further ado, let me welcome Stella Bales of Coverage Book. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Social PR Secrets. I am super excited to have Stella Bales here. Hey, Stella. Hello. Thanks for having me. We have some exciting news that's happening today. So Stella is going to be launching Coverage Book 2. And I'm going to let you kind of tell us about that. But before you do, PR reporting has always been this elephant in the room that nobody ever seems to agree on, get right. It's always this gray area. And what I love about Coverage Book is that it's letting us actually use real data to report public relations results. So Stella, thank you for for being here today and tell us all about Coverage Book 2. Thank you for having me. Yeah, so I'm very excited because as as this goes out, it it will be launched. And it's actually been a long time coming, uh, Coverage Book 2. So Coverage Book 2 is the second platform of the original Coverage Book. Original Coverage Book was launched back in 
2014, I think it is. But this, we've actually rebuilt the whole platform, <laughs> which seems excessive to anyone who sort of has an interest in, in technology and software. But the reason for that is because the original coverage book, it's uh, for anyone who doesn't know, it, it's, it is a reporting tool. Um, you put your, your coverage in and it automates a nice report, pulls in a variety of metrics, whether you are reporting to PR people, SEO people, we bring in a variety of metrics and it designs it quite nicely. So, and it saves a lot of time. So we never sort of claim to say we're, we're the uh, full evaluation um, platform, but we create great reports with realistic metrics and it saves you time. So you can go on and do further evaluation if you want to. But the way the original one was built was really around a campaign basis so like a, a, a end you have your campaign and then you want to report at the end of that and it was by a book basis so the difference is coverage book two is all about the coverage item and it analyzes each item so you can create reports at the end of your campaign in addition to that we are in the background collecting data on every single piece of coverage that, you, that anyone is adding so you can pull insights at the end of the year, the end of the quarter, not just on a campaign basis. So it's really, that's why we did the sort of big second build. Plus we've brought in loads of new metrics around social coverage. You can add TikTok coverage in now, and there's all sorts of other things, which people can go and have a look at, but that's essentially why we've just launched the second. Yeah, I'm really excited about it. I mean, in, you know, pre-Google, you know, I had a traditional PR agency and we used to measure with like, clipping books. So it kind of like goes back to like the old school, but it brings in all the modern day technology that, you know, we were chatting before we went live on the air, just about SEO and PR and the influence the two have together. And one of the features, one of the metrics that I love that coverage book has is that it shows like the domain authority, it brings in the social shares. So you really are bringing like, like a very full picture of what the value of your your public relations coverage, you know, what what that looks like. And that's been so hard to do. Like you have to look in Google Analytics or look in social insights or look at all the pull from all these different places. And like coverage book makes it so easy to really put together not only all the data, but like visually beautiful and easy to read that you can hand it to your CEO or hand it to your you know, VP or your your client and that it's they're not like what glazing over. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's just absolute music to to our ears. The, the, the point that you said simplicity, because Coverage Book 2 has been four years in the making. And it's and all of the reason for that is because we just kept revising and go, make it simpler, make it. And it's not even just the, the use of it, but really just, as you said, the, the fact that you can hand a report to somebody, it's a CEO or to somebody who's in digital marketing or to, to your direct PR client and they get it. And I think that whether, I mean, there's, we had so much. So Gary Preston is um, founder as well. And so Gary and I both worked in agencies. He's from digital marketing background. I'm from traditional PR. And then we both worked together when we were um, doing SEO PR together. And that, that challenge that we experienced of reporting into multi-disciplines, but at multi-levels within organizations was a huge challenge. And you had on one hand a, a PR client saying I 
what, what are you trying to tell me through all of this Excel spreadsheet of numbers? What, what's the point? What's the story here? What was the success right through to a, you know, the head of SEO saying, why am I looking at screen grabs and, and looking at monthly traffic figures for a public, uh, for, for a publisher? Well, why are you telling me that? And it's like, yeah, what are we trying to tell with these different reports and how can we put those together? And simplify so there's a killer there's a killer stat for everybody you know and but they get it really quickly without having to do it through reams and reams of pages or reams of data so all of that learning and you know those real experiences have been put into this and hopefully makes people feel a bit more confident in their reporting one thing i also love is that i'm sure you've thought of this angle but it's also can make a great case for your competitors and you could just drop in like make a coverage book for the com- competition if you're trying to make a case for public relations and say okay like here's where your here's you know what your competitors are doing and here's what you know you're doing the other you know the the brand that, so i think it's super interesting to see like the value of really like using it as a competitive research tool it's, it's, I love hearing these different uses. Um, absolutely love that. We also hear from some customers that they use the tool when they are pitching for new clients and they, they put their dreams sort of publishers or social influencers they want to work with into the tool so they can start to forecast what they might be able to achieve over the years. Like, oh yeah, didn't even think about that when we were building. We were just literally thinking about the reporting side. So yeah, looking at competitor analysis, as well it's a it's another great use to hear so who is coverage book ideal for it's ideal for people well i mean i'd like to say all pr people but i i think what, I that's what i would say but i'm sure there's a better <laughs> answer <laughs> it really i mean we as i said at the beginning we never claim to say that you, we are your full pr evaluation answer we automate reports so you have more time to go on and explore greater evaluation or dig into analytics or dig into more insights whether they could be somewhere else and on another technology we don't want to keep adding lots and lots of different elements to it some people say are you going to add a monitoring service to coverage book are you going to add sentiment analysis and and you know different parts and other other areas of AI that lots of PR software claim to to have magic powers to do or attribution and these kinds of things. We try and keep it simple that we save people time on making PR reports. But in addition to that, we do pull in metrics that are really credible and realistic. So whether you are doing so as a, a social influencer PR or whether we're pulling all of the metrics for different social platforms. But on the realistic part, we always get real. So we have a formula where we estimate how many people may see that post. And we also do the same for media relations and online articles as well. We take in consideration the traffic that's going to that site, where the article was placed, and whether it was near the homepage or not, and we're analyzing that and then take an estimate of how many people are looking at it. So going back to your question, we really want PR, all PR people to feel confident in their incredible metrics, but also save them some time to go and explore other areas of evaluation. Because I mean, you and I both, we, we just before we went live, we were talking about the SEO PR sides and, and more in the search engine optimization side of measurement. 
that is a whole journey that people can learn. I mean, they can definitely learn from you as well. But there are other areas of, of evaluation that people can go into, you know, like the really going into scoring pieces of coverage and scoring your key messages or but then looking for negativity. That's a whole route that you can learn lots from somebody like Katie Payne, you know, Queen of Metrics. But again, we don't want to just keep adding absolutely all parts of evaluation. So we might go down some routes, but definitely um, the second, the coverage book two is definitely encouraging people to start to analyze their coverage more in a, in a manual way. So we, as I mentioned, we are, we have this thing called the coverage vault, which is all of your pieces of coverage, which will just help you start to cut the data in different ways. And but we're, we're just sort of handholding there. So I guess it's people who are on their journey of evaluation, but also just want to save some time. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that's the key is that, you know, if you don't have something like coverage book two, then you, you know, obviously like if you're in PR, whether you're at an agency or you're working in-house or you're a freelancer, you know, you, you're having to report on your results and you're having to, you know, do monthly reporting, quarterly reporting, annual reporting, and the amount of time that it takes and all of the different places you can grab all the information from and then making it simple and easy to read. If you just add up like what that is and also what you could possibly be missing, you know, when you're doing it manually, like it seems like the value to coverage book is like priceless because, you know, you're able to deliver this beautiful, you know, but very valuable report and have a hub for it at the vault and then be able to slice and slice and dice it. So, I, I mean, I would say it's great for PR agencies, PR professionals, entrepreneurs should, you know, startups should require, you know, have this as a requirement for their PR reporting because, they then they're going to know that they're getting reports that they're going to be able to digest and, and make decisions on, especially budgeting decisions. You know, that's that's a big decision. We're coming up to the end of the year. It's like, OK, what should the budget be for next year? What do you have to justify for this year? If you have something like coverage book, then, you know, the CFO, the CEO, the VP of marketing, the CMO, the director of PR, the PR freelancer, everybody is reading the same and talking the same language. Right. And, and they're able to communicate. And it reminds me, this is kind of a separate thing, but when you were talking earlier about when you worked at the agency and it was, you know, the pub, you're talking to the publishers, you're talking to the PR professionals and they understand different things and have different value systems, beliefs. It's like the whole thing with silos. Like it's just, it's unbelievable to me that like, we're still working in these silos and, you know, everyone's in a separate camp and coverage book, I think is bringing it together as more of a collaboration. Yeah, sure. I mean, we 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 came from those challenges as I, as I mentioned previously, but we know from our customers now that that is just growing more and more, which is a good sign, right? It means that PR is reaching more areas of the business. It's it, it's more, you know, it is reaching the board, which is great. We are going, we are moving out of the silos if the reports are reaching other areas of the business and reaching the C-suite. So that's good news. Now, what happens with those, is what we want to avoid is our PR reports reaching there and people don't have time to look through pages and pages and pages of the same screenshots because you've got blanket coverage, which is great, but they want to know the stats. So we took a lot of, it wasn't just our own learning, but 
customer there's so much customer feedback from our amazing amazing coverage book customers over the last few years of telling us about these challenges and 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 then and we really did think about uh, we took into huge consideration the report readers as well we did lots of different research and testing with the formats of the report so that's a big change actually between the, the original coverage book and coverage book two we've got a select a, a variety of different layouts which people can switch based on the report reader so if you is going to a busy ceo for example it's much more sort of brief highlights, one page, they could view it quickly on an email rather than, you know, somebody who's much more into data and they really want to dig through the data themselves. They can do that through another view as well. Or there's more of a visual one with no metrics. And then that might could, could be forwarded to a sales team, for example, to help them with their jobs, because that's the thing, right? PR helps so many different areas of a business and all of those different areas have different objectives. So then they're going to need different metrics and different views as well. And we just want that. So spreading now PR tentacles as much as, as, as far reach as possible within an organization. And that's what we're trying to do for our customers. Yes, I love that. And let's talk about search behavior and PR. We kind of lightly touched on SEO PR before we started going live and talked a little bit about it now. And it's still, I think we both agree that PR SEO is still something that is a little bit neglected and could definitely be taken advantage of more. But that could be a good thing if your if your competitor isn't paying attention to it and you are. So, you know, it depends on how you look <laughs> at it. But let's talk about search behavior and PR. So, yeah, I think I, I mentioned at the beginning that a few of us who are on the Coverage Book team, it, or Coverage Book was originally made for my old team that I used to lead, and we were part of a SEO agency. So we were doing PR within a search agency, but previous to that, all of my, my background was traditional PR. But so that's why we have a keen interest, and that's why, you know, the tool was built for, for our clients. That's why you'll see things like domain authority as a metric. We have a link checker, so we scan the coverage and count how many links you have back to your client's website. All of those things, if you've ever dipped your toe into the SEO PR water world, you will know that they are absolutely key metrics that you need. So, yes, yeah, definitely our background. We know how valuable it can be, especially if you are doing PR and comms on behalf of a website that has e-commerce, I mean, you are making money, a lot of money for a business. So uh, we really want to encourage people to go down that to down that route. But, but something, I mean, that's sort of like the search and engine optimization, right? So all, all links going back to a website, I mean, your regular listeners will know this kind of stuff, I'm sure. But just for anyone who's not sure, Links going to a website, Google sees that as a credible recommendation. So it all helps raise the visibility of, of, that, of that site. That's great. That's SEO. But there's also just taking a step back and thinking about people searching. So humans searching, you and I, all of the listeners putting their phones out to quickly search for what was the last thing you searched for? We're doing it so many times in a day that we probably don't even remember how often we are searching. And it's actually just putting aside marketing for a second, just thinking about human behavior and searches, whether it's something to do with COVID or if it's something to do with my journey home this evening or some clothing that I might buy. So many different areas are all going into that search box and that data is available for us to have a look at. And it's probably, when you think about public relations and really understanding the human psyche and understanding whether we've 
well, I'm first of all, understanding what's going on and for the, the humans right now to be able to connect with them. But then also from a PR measurement perspective, understanding whether we've made an effect on their awareness to a brand, a product or a cause. It's all there in search data. So that's something that I, I'm part of an innovation group here in the UK with some other PR measurement people. And we started to hear share of search as a term being being talked about lots, a lot more. Now, it's always been, it's, it's a term that I'd heard when I was in a digital marketing agency. So it's not brand new, but it's, it's a metric that's being used, has been used by the advertising industry for many, many years. And essentially, it's looking at how many times a brand has been searched for, and it can be over a month. And then the share of search is really sort of that competitor analysis to look at how many of your competitors in, 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 that, in that area or that vertical is also being searched for. So how many times? And that's the share of search. But And it's being talked about more because of some new research. And this only came out actually last month that share of search represents 83% of a brand's market share. So, I mean, that is pretty hard hitting that how powerful search is. So if somebody's searching for a brand, they have high intent, then go and associate themselves to that brand and probably buy their products. Now, let's again, take a step back. It's not just advertising that is making people more aware of brands. I mean, I think we're all, anyone who's listening to this knows how powerful public relations is and, and earned media so why are we not talking about that metric you know why are right, we not yeah. claiming some of that um i mean arguably say that what we do is more powerful to encourage people to be more brand aware or want to find out more about a brand or campaign so that's just something i mean this has nothing to do with coverage book at all you know like it's just a genuine passion that i want to help people be more curious about what they are truly doing with their with their public relations campaigns and 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 how they are changing search behavior and, and human behavior you know because you know share of search is about brand but you can apply that to any kinds of terms if you are doing PR for a cause or 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 you might have a campaign name that hasn't ever been you've created that you can go and check you know Google Trends or other, there's other, lots of other tools um, to go and see what that search behavior is like and add that to your reports. Cause this is another point, you know, proof point. That was a very long answer, sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's so important. And I think that it's just a topic that a lot of public relations professionals, you know, they don't leverage that and they don't leverage the influence that they have on share search and on the impact of SEO and you know, it, it's a little bit of a disconnect between the digital marketing teams, not in all cases, but I mean, I, I love to hear that you worked for an SEO agency and you, you know, you were in the PR division of the SEO agency. That's brilliant. Like it should be the SEO agency with the PR division versus, you know, sometimes PR agencies say that they do SEO, but they really, it's just kind of like a clickbait type of <laughs> feature, right? Yeah, Instead of actually something that they're, that they're doing. And I think that there's so much power between leveraging SEO, PR, and also social and really optimizing the whole, you know, the whole process. So I think that that's something that's really underrated and there's still so much, so much, you know, more that brands can do by leveraging those three superpowers is what I like to call them. And uh, coverage book really lets you measure the impact of all three of them together, but from a PR perspective. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm, it's really uh, sorry for about the the background sirens. By the way, I'm in a it's in an office in the city. I don't know if you overheard that. Oh no, the, it's okay. I didn't no, hear. you didn't hear it. <laughs> okay, good. Um, yeah, no, it's it's really it's really great that, that you can see some of the benefits of the different metrics that we use in Coverage Book. I think what it does is that it it having metrics like domain authority link numbers it really helps and being more realistic even about the views of the coverage it just helps those first meetings from those other departments or the other agencies and that's the best way to break down those silos and learn from each other because it's not just about PR learning from SEO or digital marketing they equally need to learn from us too if you've ever looked at a paid media report there is absolutely zero storytelling there. You know, it's it's just lots and lots of data. Um, data puke is a term that and it's, there's reason for it because it's not telling any kind of story of how an objective has been met and, and how we got there and what that's done for the brand. So, you know, I do think that these different areas all do need to learn from each other. But I guess what coverage book reports do will just be, you know, when you're going into those first meetings, it just makes that first meeting a little bit easier if the other areas are recognising some of the metrics that they might use. It's not just a, such a, a big wall to try and break down, you know. Yeah, you're able to talk the talk and walk the walk with all the other departments. Yeah. Well, I also want to talk about your podcast, PR Resolution. If you can tell us a little bit about that. So I talked about it last week, but I just, I think like if you like social PR secrets, you're going to love Stella's podcast too. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, I actually started the PR Resolution podcast when I moved. Um, I, I lived in New York for three years. and I did a tiny little bit of traveling on the West Coast as well. And I just felt like it was a really great opportunity for me to meet some amazing people that I'd seen and connected to on Twitter or or seen them at different digital PR events or something and I just thought how you know what's how how can I best connect to these people whilst I'm whilst I'm here and that gets what gave the idea of the podcast and also you know this is here that my background has been digital PR SEO really into PR measurement and I and I do I love speaking to lots of people about that topic but equally I want to carry on learning as well and so I decided to go and meet experts in their fields but really on like emerging areas so whether it's an emerging area of measurement or an emerging area of the other types of digital comms yeah go and, it, and especially if there's like a new term that people have heard of and they're like oh gosh I really need to educate myself on this mm -hmm. and might not have the time so that was the idea that I would interview an expert in sort of half an hour often it does go to 40 minutes because we get carried away and it's hard to edit down but yeah just try and keep it in plain language no big marketing jargon um, and get to the facts and yeah it's around sort of I do an interview once a month so yeah that's how that's how it started and that's how it sort of continued really I really really enjoy it well I'm super excited for coverage book two, and also to learn from you and just share ideas and collaborate. So thank you so much for being a guest and any last words of wisdom for everybody or resources besides coverage book that you love? Oh, I would say um, just like a bit of a message of like having been in the shoes of traditional PR reporting, but then also being on the other side in digital marketing and, and reporting there. I just want more PR people to be confident in, in measurement. You know, the unknown is can be scary. And sometimes it puts people off from 
learning other areas and so they just sort of keep doing what they've always been doing but having confidence in you know we are brilliant we we'd have such huge impact you know just really just dip your toe into the water of learning some of those other areas and have confidence in the results that you're doing and that will help you go on to learn more but yeah I mean obviously test out the free trial of coverage book two to help with those metrics but yeah we're, we're always posting on our blog as well with different different techniques to try you know like different how-tos with analytics or you know that aren't even connected to coverage but just through our experience we always put those little posts up so if you want to learn more there come and have a look at those but yeah that's what I've Chair. I've learned a lot from the blog. I've just been reading a lot on it and finding out all these kind of a little bit geeky for, but it's not. And that's, I think that's a great message, Stella, is just that I always like to say to PR professionals, just to like get out of your box and not, you know, get out of the box, go to an SEO conference, go to a PPC conference, go to a digital marketing conference. Don't, I'm not saying don't go to a PRSA conference or a PRWE conference because those are great too, but it's a lot of the people that know the same thing, you know. And so going yeah. to these conferences where you're out of your element, you're just going to like have an aha moment that will give you more confidence. That is such good advice. It's it's what I did. I went and joined an SEO agency and I didn't really know what SEO was, but I was just, like, <laughs> just going to throw myself into it. You know, it's the only way you learn. It's so true. Good advice. Yes. Yeah. Well, Stella, I know this is a big day for you. So thank you so much for taking the time and I hope you'll be back and can't wait to check out Coverage Book too and go to coveragebook.com and try the free trial and you'll be amazed. Thank you so much, Lisa. I really appreciate it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Social PR Secrets. If you like what you heard, check out the book on Amazon or follow our blog at socialprsecrets.com. This episode was sponsored by The Buyer Group, a social PR agency striving to keep our balance in the digital world, practicing public relations, social media, and search marketing, while occasionally drinking a glass of wine or two for the best creativity and results. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you.